0: Creativity is productivity. Scientists receive fewer citations as they get older. Matt Clancy explains, pick any author at random and on average the papers they publish earlier in their career, whether it is first author or as last author, will be more highly cited and cited by a more diverse group of fields than papers they publish later in their career. And the magnitudes involved here are quite large. In you et al., 2022, The papers published when you begin a career earn 50-65% to more citations than those published at the end of a career. The effects are even larger for citations received by patentees. Now does this mean the spark of youthful genius burns out quickly explaining the mediocrity of researchers in their later years? Interestingly, the answer is no. The results of the previous section suggest the chance of producing your most cited paper should fall pretty rapidly at each career stage, your average citations are lower, and it would be natural to assume that the best work you can produce will also tend to be lower impact on average than it was in earlier career stages. But this is not what Leo and co-authors find. Instead, they find that any paper written at any stage of your career has about an equal probability of being your top-cited paper. This is not a new research finding. Nearly two centuries ago, the Belgian sociologist Adolphe Quetelet Observed that there was an impressively tight link between personal productivity and creative success. More recently, Dean Simonton has analyzed the creative output of individuals across many different domains and suggests an equal odds rule best describes it. Once a creative individual starts publishing in a field, each piece of work they produce has a roughly equal odds of being a world breaking impact. The surprising equipotentiality of creative success. When I first encountered this research literature, it surprised me. Consider for a moment what this theory rejects. First, accumulating expertise. We might expect steadily improving skills through deliberate practice and a widening knowledge base would lead to increased creative success. Except this is not what we see outside of the initial preparatory training to enter a career second, youthful genius. Alternatively, we might expect creativity to decline as thinkers become burdened by old ways of doing things. But if this were true, we'd also predict a reduced rate of creative success over time. But this also wasn't observed in Simonton's research. Instead, it looks like the most important determinant of creative success is simply how much work you produce. Creative success as randomness. A simple model might capture the essential details of this trend. First, you have to be at a knowledge frontier. You can't contribute anything new if you're not at the boundary of knowledge for a discipline. So in academia, this usually prevents undergraduates from publishing many papers. In technology, this prevents unskilled inventors from obtaining new patents. Other work suggests that painters and composers have similar ramp-up periods where their work is initially unremarkable. Getting to this threshold is non-trivial and does take considerable time and training. Second, idea generation and public reception are stochastic processes. So once you reach the threshold, further advances have a significant random component. This might be due to the trial and error process of finding new advances, or it might just come from the unpredictability of public taste as to which work receives a claim. And the randomness of creative success favors those who are most prolific. Price's Law captures the relationship in scientific output, estimating that about half of the research of a given discipline will be produced by a square root of the number of researchers. So, in a field with 100 contributors, 10 will probably produce about half of the published output. If every paper in a field has a roughly equal probability of being cited, these 10 highly prolific authors will capture approximately half of all the citations in the field. To produce better work, increase your output. So intuitively it feels like there ought to be a strong quality quantity trade-off in your work. You can make a few excellent things or you can produce a lot of mediocre things. Certainly there are lots of ways that you can increase your productivity at the expense of quality. So if I just typed lots of random words on a page and hit publish it would increase my essay count at the cost of my writing quality dropping to zero. However, it's interesting to note that my most viewed articles have tended to come from my most prolific writing periods. We prefer to attach creative success to a combination of innate talent, acquired ability, and passionate commitment. Placing such high weight on chance appears to cheapen the achievements of great artists, inventors, and scientists. Yet perhaps it's because we're so uncomfortable likening creativity to a lottery that the perspective is undervalued. Over a surprisingly wide range of pursuits, creativity simply is productivity, and we will have more hits if we take more swings. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, Please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website at scotthyoung.com.